Hey guys, this is the Shooter's Mindset, episode 406 with Dominic Thompson and Levi Sanderson. And we've got co-host Greg today. You might notice that I, Corey Kay, am introducing everyone, which means Jen is not here. Greg, how did that go? That went as smooth as a rocky road. Thank you. <laughs> like a Cadillac with four flat tires being drugged through a gravel parking lot. <laughs> so nobody wants to hear about me. Everyone wants to hear about the NRL 22. So uh, before we start, uh, Dominic, Levi, why don't you give us a little bit about yourselves um, and how you got into the NRL 22? Sure. Uh, Levi, you want to go first? Oh, really? Okay, sure. I, um, I've been, I, I got into competition shooting uh, quite a few years ago, and I'd always had an interest in precision rifle. And I just, it was just, you know, kind of an expensive sport to get into. And, um, and then I stumbled across NRL 22. And I started uh, following that and started attending those matches. And uh, slowly but surely, uh, now I'm pretty much exclusively doing that for the past handful of years uh, is doing precision rimfire. Um, I, I run a match just south of uh, Nashville here in Chapel Hill, Tennessee at Strategic Edge. I run that every month. Do um, um do a big X match every year at night, a nighttime a night match. That's a, a pretty good time. Um, but other than that, I also help out on a national level with the NRL 22 course of fire and the NRL 22 leaderboard and processing all the scores from all the matches all the way across the country. And of course, um, uh, any other advisory activities as well. Oh, that's super cool. I have got to pick your uh, brain about that night match. I'd love to hear some more about the admin side of that. It's fun. Yeah. So what about you, Dominic? Um, so I started getting into precision shooting back in 2016. Buddy of mine, Clark uh, from San Antonio, he got me into precision shooting. Um, first started with Centerfire. And then in 2017 or 2018, I got into NRL 22. Uh, just as a competitor and really loved it because one, you didn't have to wear hearing protection. Uh, two, yeah. it was every time you pulled that trigger and you saw a bullet impact at 200 yards or beyond, kind of get a chuckle because uh, you never would have thought <laughs> that 22 really goes that far and be precise and accurate. Um, and then ended up moving to uh, Clarksville, Tennessee uh, in 2019. And since then, I've been a match director for NRL 22. Uh, that same year, I became a uh, NRL 22 advisor, uh, pretty much where I was the, the national coordinator, and I still am, uh, where I work with the course of fire designers for each month, uh, where we come up with the course of fire that everybody in the country uses. Uh, we go right. back and forth uh, numerous times about different versions. So the product that you guys actually see typically has about anywhere from two to four revisions before it actually ever gets published. Um, I deal with the rules committee, with Levi, with practice score. Uh, I also run an NRL 22X match on an annual basis. Um, anything and everything dealing with NRL 22, NRL 22X, um, myself and Levi, we have a hand in it. Okay, that's awesome. So y'all are both running matches. Y'all are both on the advisory board. And I, I know it, it's not just a napkin sketch the night before. Y'all are both doing uh, stages for this, the NRL 22 that goes out every month. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand how much effort goes into a fun stage that's also fair. I mean, 
when, when you're designing a stage like that, what do you think is like the best way to describe your goal in any stage? Like just pick any overall stage design. What do you want to see in a stage? Um, ideally, what we want to do is we, we want everybody to have fun. Uh, but right. we also wanted to make it where majority of the shooters and your mid-pack shooters have a decent hit percentage. Uh, okay. We don't want to cater to, you know, the best of the best shooters because um, it's going to be too challenging for every single person that actually right. has to out there to compete. So when we're looking at a, a good course of fire or good stage design, there's a couple of different things we're looking at. What we're doing is we're looking at... Um, how many targets, the size of the targets, how many movements, and what prop. Um, like okay. I explained to a lot of course of fire designers, if you plan on having a crap load of movement, for instance, if you wanted to do um, 10 positions, one prop, then mm -hmm. don't have more than two targets. And those two targets need to be very, yeah. very close to one another in distance wise, um, and make them a little bit bigger in size because if you're trying to get precision and accuracy at the same time, um, a majority of everybody's going to time out at, at yeah. those kind of stages. Um, we also don't want to have gimmicky stages. I've had, um, I've had designs that came in before where it almost seemed like a CrossFit exercise where you're, somebody wanted a competitor <laughs> to lift a cinder block over their head and, um, and I flat out told him, I was like, you know what, that's, that's, a un, that's an unsafe act. Um, we can't do that. It needs to be something that is fun yet challenging. Yeah. Um, so no, it's, 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 it is, it's hard it, to balance. It, it is a hard balance. I mean, we've got a, especially for the five NRL 22 stages, we've got five, you know, five stages every month from the same set of props, the same set of targets. And, you know, people want to see variety right. and they also want to see something I haven't seen before, but at the same time, you know, people sometimes will overcomplicate it when they throw in a, uh, they'll, they'll submit, so people submit these courses of fire to us and then yeah. we revise them and enhance them and, you know, proof them before sending them out. But sometimes, you know, we lean in the direction of getting too overly complicated and we got to remember that sometimes you just gotta you gotta keep it a simple simple engagement with you know a, a simple repeating pattern that that you can do without having to write every single shot and every single position down <laughs> you know we're still trying to we're still trying to appeal to people that are, like have never been in the precision rifle world before so we're, we're really trying to be focusing on simplifying things uh, a lot more than you know i think there was a time a period, period of time there where they got kind of uh Kind of difficult so we're definitely moving in that direction to try to keep things more simple yeah i i like that you say you want to cater to kind of that middle of the road but still shootable by anyone because we all know the top guys are going to win anyways like you you can look at a list of any match it doesn't matter if it's rimfire or centerfire and you, you've got a good idea of the top 10 already so i really like that y'all do something like that yeah <clears throat> it's like no matter what you guys do my, my buddy Scott over here in the comments, he's pretty much always going to win my match. No matter how hard, how easy they are, he, he's got a collection of trophies from me. Well, um, you gotta you gotta get better then. I haven't. <laughs> I'm I'm working on it. I'm gonna come back for him one day soon. Hey, hey, speaking of which, 
speaking of which, I've, I've, I've been chasing it since I started shooting NRL 22, and I finally, was it last month, I finally got a perfect score, course, course, perfect score. I didn't miss a single shot, and I got second at that match. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that sounds really familiar. Someone I know could never come to Navasota and get first. Dominic, do you remember who that was? Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, man, when I went down there last summer to go shoot some rimfire, because, you know, up here in up here in Tennessee and, you know, we typically have a lot more wind than you boys in Navasota do. Um, oh, yeah, when, definitely. When I went down there and we sh we shot at Navasota and it was I think it was an eight stage uh, match. I dropped yep. six shots all day. I was all like, oh, man, I got this in the bag. It's got, oh, I, yeah. I, I probably have maybe second at worst third. Nope. I was in sixth place. I was like, mm -hmm. what kind of garbage <laughs> is this? So yeah, no, I feel Levi's pain, but it was funny when Levi messaged me and he's like, man, I did great. I cleaned the course of fire. And I was like, yeah, no kidding. Did you win? He's like, nope, got second. I was all like, how? And he's all, <laughs> and he's all like, Joey shot faster than me on the time stage. I was all like, oh, that sucks, bro. <laughs> oh, it was fun. I um, do have a quick live related to that. Um, Prentice Wink wants to know uh, who's bought more chocolate dipped snow cones, you or Clark? Um, well, so the way that works is um, <laughs> if you win, if, if you beat your buddy at a match, you are responsible for buying the cones. Uh, so I can tell you now, Clark has bought quite a few cones. <laughs> so, but I've been known, I've been known a time or two to beat Clark. There you go. That a boy. All right. We got a few other live ones. Some of them we're going to circle back to that I'm writing down right now. Um, and we've all moved here. Um, Ruth wants to know, why does Dom's beard have its own identity? Who, Ruth? Yeah. Ruth Susie? Uh-huh. Well, first of all, Ruth, uh, it's Yukon. Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> yes. yep christmas came early to this year that's right christmas in july baby uh now nah, man being in the army no we're uh, still in may well i know that but you know nationals in july um thank you so much for like <laughs> <laughs> uh you know being in the army i i had very limited times i was able to grow a beard um and the only time i ever was able to grow a beard is when i was deployed um, but now that I recently retired, um, I was able to grow my beard out. So now you're great getting all those years back. Now yep. I'm getting all those years back. You're right. So, I mean, the beard's been <laughs> on your face, the beard, the beard's been growing, uh, for a year now. It's magnificent, sir. Thank you. I take quite pride in that. I got one more quick live. Um, can you guys tell us? A little bit about the 2021 rendezvous with destiny nrl 22 x match uh you know what let's not talk about that who asked that question yeah who asked that question <laughs> that's one of the people we told you not to field questions from i'm sure of it, Pro Is it who, who was it hold on I'm, I've, I've moved over to another page real quick um, i'm kind of curious now what the heck is this <laughs> <laughs> all right so he earned a very nice a very good initial yes, set of initials um, from that match so 
to sum it up, the 2021 Rendezvous with Destiny X match was my very first NRL 22 X match that I hosted. And it was a pretty cool match. It had a very cool army theme to it. All targets were army themed, all World War II themed, actually. Every stage was named uh, after a major battle that the 101st was in, because uh, Rendezvous with Destiny is the motto of the 101st. And uh, what I forgot to calculate was the hittable area of those novelty <laughs> targets. Uh, oh. So the winning percentage of that match was 61%. Oh. Um, so, so that has earned me the title of Dick Moved On. but dmd follows them everywhere now yeah dmd is pretty much my nickname everywhere i go um but since then i've ran another x match and the hitting percentage was 85 percent. so ha okay i've redeemed myself but learned still doesn't go away i mean those numbers are still (laughs) a little low 85 percent. no that's about that's what you want 85 to 90 percent is what you want for a match Yeah, people people get angry if uh, if it's hundred percent. We we learned that. Yeah, you should, you you should, you should never have hundred percent. <laughs> so there's a lot of change I mean, this season to NRL 22. <laughs> I think the uh, the largest of this is the new classification system. Let's kind of talk through how the system benefits the shooters and how it works. All right, where do we start with that? Well, I'll start a little bit with. Um, this was something the community had reached out to us pretty repetitively about. Um, you know, you get people showing up to a match and they feel kind of demoralized when they, you know, come out and compete against people that have been doing it for a long time and they would just, you know, annihilate the course of fire and they would have trouble, you know, hitting more than a handful of targets on each stage. So people asked for this quite a bit, except nobody had a um kind of a method to the madness like how okay it's great to have a classification system but you know you know as good as i do in all the other sports out there there's definitely ways of of gaming things and sandbagging things and you know it it may not apply very well to precision rifle so we um i never had any suggestions and then this past season i had um, a suggestion thrown my way and we went we walked it through the paces and we checked ran it against all the data on file. We, uh, you know, tweaked it, modified it, had a handful of guys working with that and helping with that. And uh, we finally kind of threw together the system that we launched um, just just this month that went live. So it's a classification system and it's based, going to be based uh, solely upon your experience within the NRL 22 format and your skill level within that format. So it's um, doesn't matter what kind of rifle you're shooting. Doesn't matter if you're shooting a Voodoo or a, or a base class, a base division rifle, or um, what kind of firearm you're shooting. Um, you're you're going to be shooting against novices or marksmen or sharpshooters or experts. So you can kind of uh, shoot against people of your similar skill and experience level. Um, we had folks coming out to matches. They would be brand new shooters and they'd be coming out with the nicest gear. Like it, the word's getting out that it's fun to have a really nice, you know, Voodoo or Remex uh, 22. So people would come out to the matches with the top end gear and they'd be competing against the experienced guys that have been shooting this for years with the same top end gear. And 
and of course they're still a novice so you know they're still a novice so they would still have a hard time so they didn't really have anywhere to to fall so then they're like do i get, put my voodoo on the shelf and do i go buy a base division rifle so i can shoot kind of factory and production type class stuff well that's why we kind of came out with this uh, classification system um the whole thing is built on credits you get a certain amount of credits every time you win your specific class so amongst the novices if you win against all the novices you're going to get so many credits depending on how many novices you beat uh, same thing with marksman sharpshooter and expert and there's a, a ceiling with the amount of credits you can earn before you're bumped into the next classification um, we've got a, a chart built out on the NRL 22 website, uh, nrl22.org slash classification. And that kind of breaks out, um, you know, if you're shooting against two other guys in your same skill level. Oh, good. Look at this. We're going to get a screen share there. Look yeah. So, um, yeah, I was wondering if we were going to get a screen share. How about that? So if you're a novice, which we were just talking about Corey, he's, he's going to jump into NRL 22 and NRL 22X. Now, that's the other thing about the classification system. It, it goes through out all sports within the NRL 22 umbrella. So NRL 22 monthly matches, as well as NRL 22X and anything else that may or may not be on the horizon. Um, but it, everybody starts out at novice. Once they've earned enough credits, which is six, um, once they get six credits, they'll jump up, they'll bump up the marksman, and they'll start over at zero at marksman until they've earned eight credits in marksman, and then they'll bump up the sharpshooter, and then, you know, on up into expert. And, of course, the the higher you move in the classifications, the more matches you have to win with the more against higher skill level, skill level people. Um, so... Um, so that's kind of how it breaks down there. You do get credit if you uh, if you're a novice coming in like Corey. I would hope that you would uh, do pretty well. So you would get credit for not only beating anybody in your skill level, but also people above you. So if you were beating uh, marksmen and sharpshooters, you would get a little bit. You'd get the system does recognize that. So you would you would progress okay. pretty quickly if you're coming in as an experienced competitor. Okay. So it, it looks like if you're uh, sharpshooter you're not getting much from beating novices it's really based on people in your class and above you're not getting anything for beating novices awesome. or marksmen you're only getting okay. you're only getting credit for beating sharpshooters or if you outscored an expert so like say there was let's go mm -hmm. by the second tier there are three to nine people in your in your class so if there was nine sharpshooters you would get one credit if you got first place out of all nine of those sharpshooters however if you beat right. two experts, that would bump you up to the 10 to 14. So then you would actually get two credits for okay. first place amongst those guys and another another tenth of a point, or I'm sorry, another tenth of a credit for each um, higher class shooter you, you uh, outshot. So like if you, if you outshot two more experts, you'd get uh, 0.2. So 2.2 credits uh, from that event. Okay. So this actually encourages kind of your higher end guys to compete against each other as well. Yep. Um, if they want to keep progressing and maintaining, because I'm assuming there's a decay factor built in as well. There's a what? A decay. So let's say you've got an expert and he's he's got to maintain yeah. this rating by beating other experts. So he, it's not like in other systems where you get your 300 points and then you take a couple months off and then just come back after practicing, you know, a month for the finale. You've got to actually maintain something. So 
So there, you, you, you don't decrease in your, in your mm -hmm. skill level, in your classification level, but your okay. credits do expire. Um, okay. So if you're a sharpshooter right. and over t a 24 month rolling period, if you can't uh, um, accumulate 12 credits, you're just going to hang out there in, sh in sharpshooter. Okay. Um, gotcha. But if within 24 rolling months you accumulate over 12 credits, you're going to bump up into expert, and that's essentially where you'll live. Okay, so you're an expert forever. It's like GM for life. At this point, yes, we've um, we did look I at like going back down, but but we um, yeah. we decided that it was probably more beneficial to keep people uh, at a skill level that they've achieved rather than letting them decay yeah. back down. Yeah. No, I, I think I it's, it's something that. to, yeah, you, you want to aspire to something, right? You don't want to have to like keep going back and doing the same thing. You want to have like a goal and you achieve that. That should feel good. That should be a real accomplishment. Yeah. yeah I like sure. it. Yeah. You, you don't want, you know, there's lots of people that take, you know, short one, two year breaks from shooting and come back and they may not be exactly where they were before, but they definitely don't need to restart back down at the bottom because that's not going to be fair to the to the newer shooters. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's that was the goal of it. You know, it's like, you know, we just want guys that are coming out for their first time because the whole sport of NRL 22 is supposed to be inviting to uh, people to to get into the sport and, and uh, experience it for the first time. And we want to show those guys that like, hey, amongst the novices, you actually did pretty good today. Like you're not shooting against Dominic Thompson or, you know, some of these top shooters out here. You're, you actually uh, are, are shooting against the newer guys and the novice folks, no matter what equipment you're bringing. So don't, right. don't be so hard on yourself. And, and, and we got guys that, you know, ask, what should I buy? Well, now we don't have to, we don't, nor, we don't have to refer them to any, you know, base division equipment anymore. We can say, hey, why don't you get the Bergara B14R and, you know, get something that you right. can continually, you know, upgrade and, and kind of move up and you know, continue improving your equipment. Yeah, I like that. So you've got a bunch of other changes and one of the lives we got was kind of related to this, but you've got OGs now is one of the other things. Can you explain that and kind of the thinking behind that one? The OG. Tom, you want me to take this one again too or do you want to get, take this one? I'll take it. Um, so we had OGs, um, Levi, what, for two years now? Um, so we had OGs Adaptive. Yeah. And the reason why we did OG Adaptive was to allow our senior competitors um, who may or may not have physical challenges to still be able to shoot the course of fire with a modification and still okay. come out and have fun. Um, I've met quite a few older competitors that you know, they just don't want to shoot from a bench and do, you know, bench rest all the time or anything like that. Yep. It, it's pretty boring, um, but still have be somewhat physically active um, right. to an extent. So for the first two years, what we did was we did OG, which was 60 years and older and mm -hmm. adaptive in one um, division. And adaptive was pretty much for anybody that had a physical, a legitimate physical limitation that could not do the course of fire. So, for so example, like back injury, neck injury, something yeah. it's, it's really painful to go down and get prone, something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Like for me, I shot OG for two or three matches or, or adapted for two or three matches because I had uh, knee surgery and within two weeks I was shooting matches, um, yeah. but I was shooting nice. it as an adaptive. Right. 
right. and I think my first match, I think I shot a 280 out of like a 540. So I mean, it was bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was still, it, it allows for folks to, like I said, who have those physical limitations to still shoot. Now with the 2024 season, um, what we did was we've actually separated those two now in separate divisions. Uh, whereas with OG is it's just a senior, essentially a senior category where if you're 60 years old, uh, you're still shooting the exact same course of fire, no modifications. It's just a division for the more older uh, competitors. Um, adaptive, you will only find uh, at the match director's discretion and 99.9% of the time match directors will run an adaptive um, uh, recommendation that we actually put on the monthly course of fire. Um, but you right. will not see adaptive in NRL 22X and you will not see adaptive at the national championship. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. That makes a ton of sense. And I mean, we've got guys that they can't do certain movements and it's just like, all right, this is a formal way of recognizing that. So I love it. Yeah, um, now, now, also, now on the adaptive part, I, um, like me and Levi and our advisory team, we've gone through like, you know, what about this person? What about that person? Because Levi probably gets more adaptive folks than any other club in our area. Um, and essentially, a lot of people ask like, well, if I can't do this one specific task, does that put me in adaptive? The answer is no. So for yeah. instance, we have one of our... Um, one of our local guys, he's actually completely blind in his left eye. Um, right. and, and let's say we have to shoot a stage that requires a couple of shots support side. Well, we're not going to put him in that adaptive category um, in of itself because he's not physically unable to do every, he, he doesn't have a physical disability for every single stage. He just right. has it for those few shots. So that individual would remain in the division that he signed up for. But let's say you have somebody that's got bilateral knee replacements, can't bend at the waist, can't really get down. And that person needs some sort of an accommodation for every single stage. Then right. yes, that person would end up being an adaptive individual. Yeah, totally makes sense. All right. I want to hit a couple of lives that we have around. Um, first, back to classifications. Um, Scott asked, where'd it go? Um, what if there's nobody else in your classification or above for the match? So will that not uh, help move you up in classifications at all? So let's, let's lay that out into a scenario for people. So he's saying, what if I'm the only sharpshooter at my event? Or what if I'm the only expert at my event? Something like that. Um, there is opportunity for you to earn credits. However, you know, you got to realize you could be, you could be the only sharpshooter at a match of novices if you, you know, in theory. So you shouldn't get a whole lot of credit for, you know, beating up on these, these novices. So um, the only way that you can earn a credit without, um, with there being less than three people in your class at the match, so, so two people or less in your, in your classification, um, would be if you won the entire match. So you won high overall for the entire match and the match was at least 20 people. So if you, uh, 
if you think about, you know, most matches, uh, especially even in the monthly matches, if you get at least 20 shooters, you're likely to have some pretty good shooters in there, even if they're yeah. still marksmen and haven't classed up to sharpshooter yet. They're still probably pretty good, you know, pretty good competitors that just haven't made it. So, so that's that's kind of the uh, the threshold there. Uh, if you think about an NRL 22x match, uh, almost almost all the X matches are over over that threshold. Um, so, so you'll you know, and, and it's unlikely you'll be the only competitor there unless you're like, you know, Chris Simmons or something. Maybe you're the only expert up there at the at the match or something. He could get <laughs> still get a credit for winning the entire match, but only if he wins the entire match. Yeah. But, you know, that makes sense. I mean, if, if the guy is asking, you know, if I'm the best shooter at the match, well, one, yeah, you're expected to win the match um, and yep. you should prove it like that. That's the classification system. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so Johnny asked for a little bit of clarification, just to be sure, adaptive and OG are now two separate divisions in the new season, correct? Yes. That's correct. And they're updated. Um, Practice score has pushed out an update to the Android side um, of the app. They have not pushed it out to the iPad or the iOS side for, for those Apple users, um, but you can still accommodate it. You can actually go into the shooter registration and you can adjust the divisions to, to list, you know, old guns and adaptive. Um, but, on the Android, if you've got if you've got practice score up to date, it'll already have uh, all those divisions listed out in there, and the classifications listed out in there. And then um, practice score. Kent, that's a good one, but I've got to find where it is. Um, I don't know something along the lines of let's say in your situation, Dom, where you you had a surgery and you had to shoot adaptive for for a couple of months, um, and then you go back to shooting your your normal class. How would that affect your season scores if you were shooting adaptive for a few months and then go back to standard? So what you'll what we do is what division you sign up in, those are the points that accumulate for said division. So for instance, um, if I end up shooting OG for three months, I will have three months worth of scores for OG adaptive. Uh, or excuse me, in, in my case, it was OG adaptive at the time. Um, for the 2024 season, let's say same scenario, I shoot adaptive and I shot three matches in adaptive, I will have three scores only for adaptive. As soon as I'm no longer shooting adaptive and I go back to open, whatever points I get for open, it'll only go to open. You cannot shoot a division and those scores within that division follow you into another division. Okay. Yep. And we're in the 2024 season, just so everybody it's clear we haven't shot the 2023 championship yet, which of course is in July, but um, the, the 2024 season for NRL 22 started um, just this month, just about two weeks ago. Um, and your your scores uh, on the leaderboard are, are following you. They are in effect this season, so they will be used for invitations to nationals. I think that's a, a pretty important thing that's been a a big change uh, for this season is that the, the leaderboard points will count for your invitation to nationals. And another super exciting thing about that is that your points that you earn on the leaderboard will follow you into the championship. Oh, so nice. we will no longer, yeah, so we'll no longer have somebody 
be able to win the championship and be crowned an NRL 22 champion without shooting any NRL 22 matches. Um, so, so the 2024 championship will have, you'll have a match champion, somebody who won the entire match. You'll have right. an NRL 22 X champion, and then you'll have an NRL 22 champion. So um, could all three be the same person? Could be three different people, you know, under any combination of the two or three. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So y'all also changed base class this year. Yep. Looks like um, a price increase. So the, the reason why we did that is we had a lot of um, issues with MSRPs increasing. Um, yep. I know Tika's, they went through the roof uh, big time. Um, CZ457, specifically the, pro, the varmint one, um, yep. and with a combination of, I think it was the Arkin EP5 and a couple of other CZ right. variants and uh, model variants actually put the competitor over the $1,200 threshold, man, we're talking seven to $30. So yep. it was so small. So, and because of inflation of all the rifles and scopes going up. Well, uh, everything's up 20% this year. Yeah. Any yeah, so, industry. So we opted to go ahead and increase that another hundred dollars to account for those specific issues. Um, because we didn't want to worry about having um you know somebody who is was base division um just recently and then end up um going into open yeah no that makes sense it, it's one of those things where you want to take care of your shooters and you want to make sure that you, they have a good experience yep yeah um a couple lives again um first I'll answer this one. Brian's talking about he has a voodoo and open and worrying about class and this, that, the other thing. Brian, shoot the gun you like. Have fun. There's my CZ. I love it. I've I shot it bone stock where it would have qualified for base class. But there was one little thing that I accidentally did to it that put me in open, but I've always shot it in open. I beat voodoos with it all the time. Shoot the gun you love. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm the same boat is shoot, shoot what you want to shoot and don't worry about what division you're in especially now that we have classifications rolling out. Um, essentially, like Levi was um, stay, said with the classifications, me and Levi, we are in two different classifications. I'm a sharpshooter, he's an expert. He shoots a Remix, I shoot a Voodoo. We're both in open, but I'm not competing against him. I'm competing against other guys that are sharpshooters. Um, I know guys that are sharpshooters that, that have a base division rifle, I'm competing against those guys. Mm -hmm. So shoot what you want, shoot what you can afford and have fun. Yeah. Yep. And here's and another scenario that people don't. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, I was going to say one more thing about the classifications. We got some really talented young guns uh, out there in, in the community. And like, you'll have a brand new young gun coming in and they'll just be, you know, the, the other young guns will just smear the floor of them because they're so good. So we have, so, so now those young guns will be competing against other sharpshooters and other people in that skill level. And I was hesitant to, I was curious how that these young guns would view that because no longer can they just basically guarantee a win as a young gun. They would have to actually compete against, you know, guys like me and Dominic and, and uh, in the sharpshooter category and or, I'm sorry, sharpshooter classification. And they loved it. They, they're like, yeah, this is cool. So, so it was, it was kind of neat. 
Yeah, no, that it's awesome seeing that kind of like the ego check of like the guy that comes out and he's, you know, he's been practicing and he's doing well. And then like, you know, your 13, 15 year old kid just skull drags everyone and takes first. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like the gun thing, it's 2023. There's probably six, seven different manufacturers that can make a gun that's accurate enough to shoot every target and hit 100%. Just come out. That's the important thing. Come out and have fun. Safety yep. third, but come out. Safety third. <laughs> Safety third. Uh, Greg Stewart asked for clarification. Is the Ultra Match 2022 or, 20, or 2023 or 2024? The NRL 22 Ultra Match this weekend is the 20 is is the last x match of the 2023 season and then a uh, little bit of overlap there a little bit um then johnny asked for um some examples or justifications for shooting in adaptive division um okay so just getting out of uh surgery <clears throat> or recovering from surgery like i did um having knee replacements, having, um, you know, severe debilitating arthritis where you essentially any physical disability that prevents you from shooting every single stage as prescribed. If you need any sort of a modification to the prescribed course of fire, as it is written for every single stage, you belong in adaptive. Yeah, but if it's and, something where there's one position or, you know, you're, you only have one eye, one hand, but you could do 99% of everything else, then you should probably still be shooting in, in regular divisions. Yes. Yeah. One thing to remember about adaptive, especially this season, is that it really only lives in the monthly course of fire. It, it's just an opportunity for people to come out shoot the course of fire, have a good time and, you know, shoot precision rimfire. Like uh, you're not, you're not going to have adaptive in uh, NRL 22X and you're not going to have it at the championship. Um, so it's just about, you know, people that normally wouldn't be able to come out and, and kneel and go prone and do all these different things. You know, they're, they're able to come out and enjoy themselves. Yeah. I think that's when I started following that and started attending those matches and things, you know, they're, they're able to come out and enjoy themselves. Yeah. I yeah. think when I started uh, following that and started <laughs> things, you know, they're, they're able to, you got the, you got your audio turned on over there, Greg. I don't think Greg's I got like 75 tabs open. <laughs> he's got all these different feeds going at once. <laughs> that didn't sound like it was me because I muted myself and it didn't stop. Um, Da, 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 da. I think I have one more live. I've got to find it. Oh, no. I'll get back to those. Um, you guys have also made some improvement to the leaderboard kind of leading into this season. Oh, that reminds me what the question was. Johnny said something along the lines of, I always submit my scores at Saturday night and come in Sunday morning and they're already online. And Levi, he wants to know if you ever sleep or... Nope, he does not. Oh, it's kind of like I see those things come in and it just kind of eats at me. And I'm just like, I got, I got to get it posted. You know, it's like, I, I feel like that's one of the most important things the NRL 22 can do for the community is just 
you know, get the scores, you know, posted and published and, and processed, you know, it's like, that's one of the main benefits of being a member is being able to like see your scores on the leaderboard and, and, uh, you know, and see your scores published. So I, I definitely try to do that as uh, uh, efficiently as possible, which, by the way, uh, it's a big announcement too. We've, uh, uh, match directors used to have to submit all their scores on spreadsheets. Now uh, we have the ability now where they can actually just submit the practice score URL and um, it's still not instantaneous to the website. I still do have to go through and proof it and, uh, you know, apply any of the classification credits and that sort of thing, but they can simply just log on to the website, you know, put in their practice score URL, URL and, and check out, you know, turn in their match. And, and so it's a much more streamlined process for our match directors now. Nice. I, I just like to let you know that I literally purchased Real Excel just for you, Levi, because I felt so bad <laughs> with the first ones that I sent in using the uh, whatever they call it when it comes on the Mac. You're like, what? How did you break it so bad? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even have Excel, man. I just use Google Sheets, man. I just use it all on uh, all on Google. Uh, and just kind of, you know, just for the audience. Y'all do not know how many hours this man puts in in the leaderboard, score submissions. At the end of the day, <clears throat> Levi and myself, our, our job is not, I want to say our job. Our goal <laughs> is to provide you, the end user, an exceptional experience. Um, no matter how many hours it takes us. Um, at the end of the day, we want it to be streamlined. We want it to be a good quality product um, because this is literally, we do this for the love of the sport. Um, we volunteer our hours day in and day out uh, just to make the NRL 22 an awesome and amazing sport and community. And as a uh, match director and competitor, um, it's been very obvious the amount of hours and hard work that you guys have put in. So I do want to say in front of everybody, thank you guys so much for everything that you have done. Um, I mean, like Johnny was talking about, the scores are instantaneous. Um, I don't think Dom sleeps either because every time I'm up late at night and I'm doom scrolling and it's like new post Dominic Thompson three minutes ago, I'm like, it is, it is the middle of the night. So sometimes Dom ends up being the person I talk to late at night on the internet because he's still up and I'm like, Hey bud. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is really cool you guys have done an awesome job um making match directors lives easier making the experience for the shooters better um so we do all really appreciate that um and the comments are currently reflecting that as well um what else we got new this year new props i can use my tripod well <laughs> hey. i can use my tripod so the new props um so big thing on the new props is for years, we've had people asking, hey, can we use tripods? Well, NRL 22 monthlies is one of those. It's an intro into competitive shooting. So we wanted to make sure that the spirit of the stage remains as is and that we don't use tripods. So this year, the committee and Levi and myself, you know, we kept going back and forth. You're like, should we allow tripods? Should we not allow tripods? So we came up with, we can have a dedicated tripod for a stage, whether that is a standalone prop, or if that is an additional piece of equipment 
that the competitor can use as rear support. So the way you're gonna see that is, and you'll see that for the very first time in July, um, Todd McBee is actually the one who's designing the course of fire. And um, you could potentially see it as shooting off of the tripod itself. There will not be a hog saddle. There will be no gamer plate on there, nothing. It will just be the tripod itself with no ball head. And you'll put your bag on there and you'll engage the targets as prescribed. Or if let's say we use the ladder or we use the uh, the new NRL 22 pyramid, um, you could use it as an additional piece of equipment as rear support. Um, it's an option, doesn't necessarily mean you have to use it, but it is a great opportunity for you to practice that at a monthly course of fire uh, to get you prepared for an X match, get you prepared for nationals or another discipline. Um, but that tripod will be the dedicated tripod for that stage. And everybody has to use the exact same tripod. So if that means, Greg, you as the match director, you have multiple tripods and the tripod you have in the background, if you want to say, hey, this is the one everybody's going to be using, then everybody has to use that. Because let's say you have somebody that has that or a match director that's using a very flimsy tripod, right, as a dedicated one, um, and you want to use your your fat boy or your really right stuff or your two vets that's got really, really, really um, thick telescoping um, legs, you have a more of an advantage being more stable than all the other competitors that are using that inferior model. So we have a minimum requirement for tripods and everybody has to use the exact same tripods. Um, and I know some match directors, they've asked, you know, like, you know, why do we have to buy another piece of equipment? You don't necessarily have to buy it. If you have somebody that's willing to let you use that tripod for that day, that's an option. Uh, we've provided numerous different uh, products that folks can um, purchase for the tripod stage. Um, Ruth Susie was actually um, awesome and was actually able to get with a company to give NRL 22 match directors a 15% uh, discount off of a Leofoto tripod. Uh, I won't tell you what that code is. Uh, we posted that in the uh, 2024 NRL 22 match directors page. And if you're a match director, you'll have that code. Um, and then the second prop that we came up with, or well, that we, oh, let's, let's talk about, I wanna throw one more thing in about the tripods just to <clears throat> tie that off before you could jump into the pyramid. So it's written into the rules, but just to clarify it for the folks listening in. So, so tripods are still not allowed to be used within the NRL 22 course of fire, except if they are the prop or, or, the, or the piece of equipment on the stage that is using the tripod. So, and it's only the tripod that the match director supplies. So, so that's, um, that's the thing. You still can't use your tripod on every other stage. This is still a, a sport that's supposed to be, um, you know, friendly to new people that are coming in. And, you know, we don't need people having to think they have to buy, go buy a tripod to bring it out to an NRL 22 match. But this still gives them an opportunity to shoot a stage here and there where their fellow competitors, and this is where the community can come into play, 
is you guys can show these people, the newer shooters that have never shot off of a tripod or used it as rear support. You can really take this as an, a, a time to, to sh share the love and, and kind of teach them how to use that and how they'll see other competitors use that on a more advanced um, skill set. Exactly. And two more um, things, last thing. Number one, we mentioned Ruth, and we were talking about awesome people that do awesome things for the NRL. So we can't leave her out of that. She's been kicking butt, helping out. Um, and I think that it's, um, I never would have thought of how you guys have implemented tripods because I'm, I'm not much of a tripod shooter. Um, I get pleasure out of watching seven people go into a stage and struggle with a, with a tripod and then going in and just absolutely, you know, just like literally guys, look, you just put your knee right here and it's as stable as stable can be. I love it. Um, but they're also fun. So it's, it's really cool. I never would have thought of this. So good job to whoever's idea it was to implement it this way. That's, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, it wasn't our idea. It was a match director that submitted it. Um, so again, the community, that was uh, a good, great suggestion. Uh, and then the second uh, prop that we introduced was the NRL 22 pyramid. Um, one thing that we like to do or that we're wanting to do, and the community has been pretty much backing us on this is, you know, to break up the monotony uh, and to break up having a hard time coming up with a unique, creative and a fun yet challenging course of fire is new props. So the goal is to potentially add a new prop maybe every year, maybe every other year, um, it's cost-effective, uh, but that's still versatile. Um, not saying that's gonna happen next season, but we're hoping. Uh, so the NRL 22 pyramid was actually, the design concept came from uh, Jack Lanhart from Gopher Rifle and Revolver Club. Um, and the first time I saw this was at one of Ruth's matches that she ended up posting on her social media. And I was all like, uh, I need you guys to send me some specs on that because that looks pretty awesome. Um, and at the time, it had only four two-by-four rungs on it. And um, when we started really interacting with the community and the match directors were like, hey, we need more props. And we're like, well, what can we do? We can do a skills barricade. We can do this. And we're like, and then Ruth was all like, well, what about this? And we're like, you know what? That's actually pretty cool. So her, Justin, and... Um, Patrick Middleton, uh, who's for the match director for West Tennessee Rimfire, they came up with the cut sheet that you actually find on the NRL 22 website. Um, and this thing is, one, it is stupid solid. It is a very, very solid uh, prop. Um, it is so versatile. You can do high prone. You can do standing, kneeling, sitting. Um, it, it's endless. Uh, that prop will be making its debut in the July course of fire as well. And uh, Levi and myself, we've built it. Um, and man, I tell you what, it, it's stupid fun. Um, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing what the community does. And the design you have up on your screen right there is the wedgeless design. And it is simple cuts. If you can operate a saw, you can build this. Um, Levi, you, ended don't, up, you I, don't even need to. Oh, yeah, you can go to home. You, could, you could tell him, hey, cut it to this length. 
<laughs> cut all these lengths for me. I got these boards in my cart. Can you cut them to all these lengths? And you could go home and screw it all together. Like yeah. that that sheet that you just had up there, it made it so simple. It was uh, it was Patrick Middleton. Did you shout Patrick out already? Yeah. yeah. And if you have yeah, yeah. shooters in your club like I do, then you have like Mike Bell that's just like, hey, uh, someone needs to build one of these. You want, you want me to throw it together for you? And I'm excited to see it next weekend. But uh, yeah, the, so, so the cost... It. The cost for that thing, Levi, what would you pay? Like 60 bucks to build that whole thing? Yeah, and that was even, I even opted for the treated lumber because I was going to leave it out on at the range rather than, you know, traveling it around. So that was even with the treated lumber and the hitch pin. Like I went all out on that thing. Nice. Spraying. Yeah. yeah. So Levi's a rich match director. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Just kidding. Haven't retired like you yet. No, no, not yet. That's that's the way I so, feel when I pull out all my all my binos. Like binos is something that have somehow accumulated here. Like I I won a really awesome one a couple months ago off of the uh, NRL twenty two monthly show from Leupold, and it's just like oh here's here's all the glass. I feel rich, and then I realize I'm not. <laughs> yeah, the Leupolds they're pretty nice. I have a set as well. Yeah, do you got the ones with a little reticle, reticle on them? Okay, look, I'm not that rich. Listen. Okay, so to be fair, that's the Mark IVs, and they made those for like I don't know, like a ten-year-old bino. And every time we see the refs, we're like, "Hey, be really cool." Like the new Sandiums had this in my piece. That'd be awesome. Like, yeah, we're really trying, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I have I have the Alpine. I think like BX ones or BX twos or something like that. Yeah, they're great. They do they do what they need to do for NRL. So. Uh... In the past and this year, qualifying for nationals has been a bit of a ordeal. I don't want to say ordeal. Um, it's not been a super clearly defined process um, for the monthly NRL 22 matches. Um, how uh, how has this changed for next season? <laughs> um, well, I am very, very glad and happy ecstatic actually um <laughs> that we have a leaderboard uh because as a competitor and as a match director i see both sides of this as a match director you are put in a rock and a hard place because it because the rules state that the match directors sh should keep track of their local scores and you know based the invites that they receive from NRL based off of the high three scores from um, from their club. The downside with that is, you know, as a match director, do I, if I only get four invites, but I got seven people that want to go, who do I take? Do I take my highest scoring out of every single person? Do I take my two highest uh, folks in, within each division? Do I do I take the two people that constantly come in day in day out help me set up the range break down the oh. range um like as that's a long taken yeah i mean that's <laughs> yeah you are, there's no question there that's who i'm taking yeah exactly right so but then as a competitor as a competitor you're like well i outshot these these folks why am i not yeah. going? so no, that's rough. the new leaderboard um man it it takes it takes everything away from the match directors. Invites are solely based on performance. 
yeah. going into the 2024 national championship. Yeah, and that simplifies everyone's life. Yep. Yeah. Not to mention all the uh, all the back end legwork that we got to do on on this end when all the clubs submit their interest levels. I mean, this year was amazing. We had so 50% of the invites that are available go to NRL 22X and then the other 50% go to the monthly clubs, the monthly matches. And so there was about 120 slots. We got over 250 slot requests just from the monthly uh, monthly clubs. So it's um, it's it's been awesome. It, it's such an awesome response. Uh, we're so happy to see such a uh, interest in the national championship. Um, but but yeah, there's there's a lot of legwork on the back to uh, you know run through that. So we did submit um, the very first invites for X went out last night. Uh, we could only submit uh, probably about 50 or so invites out to the competitors because we got, you know, the last X match of the season is happening this weekend. Right. But once those results are in and processed, we'll send out the rest of the X invites and we will, you know, see how many of those are accepted. And then we're going to do Then after that, we're going to promptly get the club, the club level invites out so everybody can get the, get the word out to their shooters. Very nice. Cool. I'll look for that in my email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're about at the midpoint of the show. Um, remember, if you're watching us live on Facebook, ask any questions you may have live in the comment section of this video. We'll ask it live on air. Other ways to catch us, you can always check back on the Shooter's Mindset Facebook page. The video stays up there forever. We usually upload to all the podcast apps the night after the show. And then finally, everything eventually ends up on the Shooter's Mindset YouTube page, which is an awesome place to look up past episodes. So with nationals you've got obviously the match coming up soon um what's the date what should people be preparing for is there anything new um you know who's who's the match director what's the idea for the new nationals um so nationals is going to be in maxton north carolina it's hosted at uh, griffin group solutions facility uh it's oh, what a great place it is it is um it is seven through nine July. The match directors okay. are uh, two-time national champion um, Chris Simmons um, and uh, John Cole. They're the match okay. directors. Um, what to prepare for? Um, Ninety-second part times. Um, nice. Yep. Um, Chris believes in ninety-second part times. Um, so me and him have had you know some conversations about you know hey this is not your uh, your Punisher or AKA the Tar Heel Stomp match. Um, the goal is for, you know, people to have a lot of fun, but yet still challenge them. Um, yeah. so 90 second part-times, um, uh, make sure you, if you plan on going to nationals and you're driving, please bring a canopy. Uh, it's going to be hot. Uh, so we're trying to get as much shade for everybody as possible. Um, tripods, Chris says will be allowed, um, on the stages, how he plans on utilizing them, whether they can be deployed prior to the clock starting or deployed uh, when the clock starts. Uh, that's yet to be determined by him. Um, on our end, we don't get to see the course of fire. Um, that is solely the match director's responsibility and they, they keep that close in hand. Uh, and the reason for that is um, myself and Levi, we are we qualified to go shoot uh, the championship and we plan on shooting the championship. Right. So we, we do not want a an unfair advantage, in my opinion, that would be cheating um, to shoot nationals. Um, yep. so that's why anybody that has 
any dealings with the course of fire design is ineligible for shooting the uh, shooting that match. Uh, and that even goes for X matches. Um, let's see. It's going to be hot. So prepare. <laughs> um, would you say hydrate maybe the day or two before? I would say the week before. <laughs> maybe maybe don't partake of late night activities that would be nope, definitely, someone. you definitely don't want to partake in that um you definitely don't want to do liver therapy um <laughs> saturday uh, friday and saturday um social activities are still being worked um chris uh, chris and john said they got some awesome things planned and they're still finalizing everything um friday will be a um the ro's are going to shoot um, designated stages so that they can get familiar with the stages yet still have fun and have the opportunity of actually shooting uh, most of the match. Um, additionally, on Friday, uh, there will be a tune-up uh, that folks can um, partake in and any funds that are um, earned from there will go to actually the ROs. Uh, so the, R the ROs are going to get rewarded as well, which is uh, awesome that Chris and John are doing that. Um, pretty much all I have. Levi, you have anything else? No, you covered the national championship well. I think um, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody out there. It's always a good time. Um, I'm excited to seeing to having new folks out as well. Uh, everybody is always nervous about, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough to go to the national championship this year. And I'm like, Dude, if, if you can earn an invite or if you can get one from your club, go, go shoot it. It's going to be one of the best stepping stones in your shooting career is going and shooting that national championship. It's going to like help you understand that like, Hey, I shot against, you know, the best people in the country. You know, I, I, I am progress. You know, it'll help you progress as a shooter probably more than any other event that you attend. So. You also left out, you get to hang out with like one of the coolest ROs around myself, just saying. <laughs> I like what you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a good time. Um, I know at my club with this being three and a half to four hours away from me, I had a lot of interest this year. Um, previously, yeah. I've sent one shooter to nationals because most people that are into it at the level that a lot of my shooters are. Um, it's just their weekend activity, you know, um, and, and I have people that travel pretty, you know, two, three hours to come to the match. Um, but even then, you know, they leave in the morning, they're home by dinner time, whatever, yeah. but getting to travel to a different state with a couple hundred of your fellow shooters, they've yet to enjoy the match shenanigans, which are always bound <laughs> to happen at, at any national level, um, <laughs> precision rifle match. So, I know, I think it was two years ago that one of my shooters went, and he's still talking about it. Um, so awesome. Harry asked a question that kind of ties into something that we were talking about, sidebar. Um, ROs shooting matches for score, both at this match and at NRL 22X matches. Awesome. So, we were looking to jump into this. Yep. Yeah. Um, so Nationals, the ROs at Nationals, that – their scores won't count because it's, it's nationals. The na nationals is the culminating event. Um, so they're just, those ROs are just shooting the match for fun, essentially. Um, now Chris and made to beat their RO friends. Say again. <laughs> and to beat their RO friends. Yeah. It's for bragging rights. Um, 
now Chris may be doing some stuff for them, you know, uh, for prize table. I don't know. That's, that's solely on, uh, at his discretion. Moving forward, the 2024 season, we sent out a interest survey to all NRL 22 match directors and NRL 22 members um, that were 2023 members. Um, we had an overwhelming response that wanted RO scores to count. Now, the way it was, um, the way we had done it um, was or offered it was either a standalone match or it was a match where they shot the day before and those scores were integrated with the main event match. Um, it was it was hit or miss. So essentially what we came up with is that in order for a match to an NRL 22X match director to host an RO match and those scores to count, that RO must have a minimum of 15 competitors that shoot the match the day before the main event. Those scores will count as a separate NRL 22X yeah. match. They will not be integrated scoring. They will have their own points for that specific event. Now, if let's say me and Levi, we go to a match, we RO the match, we shoot the RO match on Friday, but we fail to show up on Saturday to RO we get DQ'd out of those scores because the RO failed to adhere to their commitments based on the rules. And the reason why we did that is we want to ensure that the folks that are actually ROing are standing by their commitment. Yeah. But I I think the separate match makes so much sense for this sport. One you're an RO, you're, you're rushing through the match at twice the speed, right? You're never going to be at your best as far as, you know, having it split over two days if it's a two-day match. But even then, it's a great way for a match director to identify an issue with the course of fire the day before because at a separate match, you can make that change and you can make it the best event possible. Now, and I'm not saying yep. use the ROs as guinea pigs, but you've got that option. And it's, it's a fantastic way to, you can only do so much as like a match director when you say, all right, we've done this at the club level. I think we can push this to 90 seconds and then, Oh, you can't do that. You got to make a change. Right. So yeah, I, I think that's the best possible way to do it. Definitely give the ROs as much as you can back to letting them shoot the day before so that they get to have fun and and they really get the experience of what the, the stage was like that they're shooting. I, I think that really helps every other shooter get that like positive experience of like, yeah, I shot it yesterday. It was hard as hell. Then do. Yeah, I, I, can tell, I can tell you now, like I, I ROed, I was a dedicated RO for Levi's night match, the night match before Christmas uh, this past December. And oh, such a dope title. It is. It is. <laughs> you, you should that's see the so banners good. and the trophies we made. Or oh, that he's so kidding. good. <laughs> um, but uh, I tell you what, man, freaking, we had, I, I could not find one person that had a single bad thing to say about that match because we had dedicated ROs. Yeah. The great thing about dedicated ROs, you know, because we have some people that seems like, well, what's the point of having a dedicated RO? Well, the big thing is previously you have one of two options, run dedicated ROs or run a squad RO. And as yes. we all know, as competitors and match directors, it's hard running a squad 
and and being competitive for yeah. a national level event. So not only does dedicated ROs take away having a competitor to be squad mom essentially, but what it does is it provides consistency across the entire event. If Absolutely. a director says, hey, ROs, this is how I want you to shoot this stage, we all shoot that stage and Levi is the uh, RO for that specific stage. Levi is running that stage for 10 squads all yep. day long, identical versus having yep. 10 different RO squad ROs that may run a variance of it, or they have some sort of misinformation or misinterpretation during the stage walkthrough. Um, and again, it makes it the makes the match more enjoyable for the competitors, which is at the end of the day, our goal yep. as match directors. Um, and it just runs everything more smoother. And people get to essentially yep. mess around with their friends a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. No, a few absolutely. things about that. A few things about that is we uh we had, you know, like you know, there's a big like, difference between having oh, here we go with the audio again. <laughs> there's a big difference between having uh, a, a warm body as an RO versus an experienced competitor being an RO. Yes. Those experienced competitors are going to see those little edge hits where they just fly off the side of the target and the target doesn't move, but it like hit six feet over in the dirt or whatever it may be, or they may, they're going to see, you know, competitors who are trying to, you know, cheat a little bit or, or trying to do something that's a little bit outside of what is, should be acceptable. So, so, but, you got these experienced competitors who want to shoot the match. Like that's why they, you know, they enjoy shooting the match. So that's why we put out that interest survey. And like Dom said, we had a lot, uh, like the community really wanted their scores to count as ROs and they would volunteer to be ROs. But then at the same time, we still had a decent amount of people that said, Hey, I don't think the scores from Friday should be mixed in with the scores from Saturday. So, we came up with the best of, of both worlds there where the ROs will okay. shoot on Friday or the day before, and it'll be a separate match from the competitors on Saturday. Um, one other change in NRL 22 X this year is that you you take your top three scores or what's going towards the points race. So you've got three scores now instead of two. Um, and only one of those of those scores can come from an RO match. So you can RO oh, as many okay. matches as you want. Yeah. You can RO as many matches as you want, but you can only take your top RO score into your, your points race. So, so you can't go yep. and just RO three matches and win against 15 people three to separate times and have a 300, yeah. uh, 300 score. Well, darn, no, but it's good that you do count it because you want, yep. you want them to have every opportunity to, to be that season competitive, right? So like yep. around here, you know, we host two matches. It's nice to see the guys that RO the first one in January, you know, big two day match. They come out in April and shoot. You, you want to see them have that experience. And, and you also want to see that community thing of like, yeah, this is our local club too. We want to give back. Like, so I think that, yeah, yep. that's the best compromise. That's awesome. I agree. And from a, from an RO's perspective, like, I love R. Owen and I love shooting, but gosh, it would be nice to separate the two of them. Cause I yes. agree that, you know, if you, if you are, I, I love being, a, I love both having and being a dedicated RO. Um, you know, the, if you're on a stage for two days straight or a day straight, you know, after 
you, you start to learn where the misses are going to be, what you're going to see, you know, you RO that stage better, the more times you do it. And just having, yep. having that in a match, it, it's good for everybody. And for, and one thing I want to add is that if any, any of the NRL 22X match directors are looking at running dedicated ROs for your upcoming matches, try to make it where you can incentivize your ROs. Find a title mm -hmm. sponsor. Make sure that title sponsor yep. takes care of your ROs because without your ROs, your match will not run as smooth as possible. Um, Absolutely. Make it where they can shoot for free. Like uh, me and Levi were yep. bouncing ideas off each other because initially I was going to charge like 50% less for my dedicated RO match. But then, you know, the, the group that we talked to, we have like a little chat group that we talked to and they're like, well, it, it would actually be cheaper for me to shoot as a competitor because all I got to do is pay nine, you know, for my match, it was $90 versus I pay $45 and I also got to get a hotel. So yeah. I was all like, you know, you make a valid point. I'm going to do everything I possibly can where all my ROs get the exact same amenities and benefits as a competitor and not a single dime comes out of their pocket for the actual match. Mm -hmm. And, and that's exactly what I'm doing for my X match in September yep. is all ROs are shooting for free. Yeah. yeah. As a, as a match director, ROs are an expense. I mean, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're paying, you're feeding them the day before, you're still giving them, you know, trophies. You're still getting them all the match swag, all the other things. Dedicated ROs are an expense for the match director. So realize, remember that when you're, when you're purchasing and, and paying for events and, you know, they're $80, $90. It's like, you know, a lot of that's probably, you know, hopefully if it's an event with dedicated ROs, that's going to help, you know, defray that cost and provide that service to you as a competitor. Yeah. So do you guys think that Precision 22 in general has a larger mark, larger market cap than Precision Centerfire? Um, well, I can tell you now, we ha uh, there's a lot more Rimfire shooters in NRL and the other series than there is in Centerfire. Um, <laughs> I can tell you now that in NRL 22 alone for the 2023 season, we had over 1,400 members. So yeah, I think it was only over 4,000, you know, there was, there was, a, it was, I would say yes. The answer to your question is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess where that comes from is to host a rimfire match, you need a hundred yard bay, maybe, you know, it, it doesn't have to be spectacular, but there's how many ranges do you pass with hundred yard bays before you get to a center fire range, Right. So yep. from that perspective, it seems like, 22 has 10 times the number of potential ranges that can host these matches and can get people into the shooting sports. So that, do you think, how do you best think you can capitalize on that? Because the NRL has, has classically been thought of, especially on the 22 side as extremely new shooter friendly, extremely youth shooter friendly, but how do you keep those people that you recruit and really expand the sport so you can take advantage of you know there's four different ranges in town that are hosting these matches um well so it's a, that that scenario actually work is exactly how our mine and levi's community works is levi's only about an hour 45 minutes away from me um so i'm i'm an hour west of nashville levi's about an hour south of nashville um okay. 
we have Levi, what, seven clubs within three hours of each other. Um, and myself, Strategic Edge, which is uh, the club Levi runs, Eagle Eye, mm-hmm. Barron River Rod and Gun Club, uh, Regulators Rimfire. We all got together and we're like, hey, which weekends are you guys wanting to run? Like when I first got here in 2019, I started mine on the second Saturday. Then shortly thereafter, I think Levi started his. And, he, and we got together and we're like, hey, how about you run yours on a different weekend so we both can support each other's clubs. And then more and more clubs started getting on board. And, you know, that's when we created a Facebook group and yeah. we started talking amongst each other. And we're like, hey, let's all have different weekends the best that we possibly can. And what that does is it allows consistency along uh, with all the com- uh, competitors, predictability for them to actually um schedule their life around our matches if they choose to and it also allows um match directors to support each other as well as their club members supporting other clubs isn't it nice as a match director to show up at another match and just be a shooter yeah Uh, no (laughs) growing that squad (laughs) yeah you always do something but but yes it is nice not having to run it yeah, that community aspect that you're talking about where you've got, you know, guys that'll travel to each other's matches and that help support each other, I think is where you can really build the sport into something more than it is because everyone's looking for a community. Everyone wants a place to be, right? And if it's fun yep. and there's other people and they're enjoying it and everyone's together, I think that's what builds it. Yep. And, and I, that's, I, that's a unique thing about Rimfire too. Um, you know, try to do, try to hit a match every single weekend with Centerfire and see how fast the cost adds up on that, you know, but, but, uh, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm not like casting shade anywhere because I love Centerfire too, but, but like with Rimfire, like you can actually shoot every single weekend and go to the range in the middle, in the middle of the week and, you know, still, uh, you know, not break the bank and you don't have to travel quite near as far. Usually you can, you know, find places that are, uh, closer by, you know, with the more, yeah. you know, more ranges with 100 or 200 yard bays rather than, you know, getting out to a thousand yards and that sort of thing. So, yeah, definitely. And then also earlier, earlier, your question is like, you know, how, how do you maintain, maintain your membership or your members that are constantly coming back to your club? Um, it's honestly is having additional stages. Um, one thing we always recommend match directors to do is don't just run the standard NRL 22 stages. Um, add a couple bonus stages. Um, okay. Inter- introduce some things like a tripod. Um, introduce uh-huh. different, yeah, exactly. Uh, introduce <laughs> props. Um, make the stage harder. 90 second par times. Um, use use props that are not part of the NRL 22 uh, standard barricade list. Um, and what that does is it prepares competitors. For events like a national championship, it event uh, events like an NRL 22X match, um, or you know another series, um, what what they do. So it's not just about those five specific stages. And a lot of times, um, like our match directors in our area, we run an option two um, for the course of fire. And and for listeners that don't know that, so the standard course of fire that's published has two options on there an option one which uses the standard target pack and then option two is a combination of either a stressor 
which would be a mag change and or a lower par time or a um, or transitioning and target engagement within a stage that's a lot more challenging. Um, and a lot of times when we do a longer distance, so for instance, if we have a target at 50 yards and a target at 85 yards, we may use a two multiplier on the target size, but we may use only a one and a half multiplier on the distance. And what that does is it may provide a slightly larger MOA size target for option two, but what that does is it entices those match directors to go with option two and allow those competitors to stretch their legs on the distance. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yep. I like having an option as a match director. It helps. It really helps. Yep. Yeah. For, for that, me, that was something that go ahead, Greg. I was gonna say for, for my match, I have so uh I have so many new shooters and so many experienced shooters, I normally end up going with option one. Um, but then my bonus stages is where I have a lot of fun with i built a mover for it um last month we shot the bonus stage off of a tripod to get everybody kind of used to that let my ass get a little bit warmed up so they got a little bit of edge on everybody else for next month when that comes out absolutely um, matt asks what's levi and dom's thoughts on mulligans um nrl 22 or nrl 22x uh was not specified so both uh, so NRL 22, no, absolutely not. Um, NRL 22X, we have it written in the rules that they are allowed. Um, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I think that it's a great way of covering additional costs when running a match. Levi has always told me, he's like, well, you know, you should consider that also part of the entry fee. However, if you do, you know, let's say you're doing a $75 entry fee to an X match and you offer a $10 mulligan, um, now that cost is $85. Well, some people may not want to do mulligan because they feel that A, they don't need it or B, that, you know, um, they're just there to experience it and have fun. Um, I'm either for it. I don't care either way. Um, I know some people have that belief that, you know, when you show up to the match and if you screw up a stage, you screw up a stage, you know, that's it. That, that, that's your fault. Um, me personally, the only time I've ever really used mulligans is if I just had a royal mental mistake um, or just equipment malfunction. Like there was an NRL 22X match. Me and Levi went to the uh, Yeti Spring Fling and man, did I have a mental mind meld and i was like i didn't know what the heck i was doing on that stage and i was like i'm mulliganing this and i think that was like our second last or third last stage of the day and i ended up picking up a couple points um now i've seen that go exactly the opposite direction where mm -hmm. uh, now we're talking <laughs> somebody did not exactly uh do better on that or they broke even and um it is what it is you guys, you guys heard game. Dom, right? You guys heard Dom. He said he he only ever uses his mulligans if he royally screws up or has a mental mistake. Dom, <laughs> how many times have you shot a match where you haven't used your mulligan if you had it? Uh, once. Uh, I did it once. Um, at the, uh, the Yeti, the Yeti, um, the sweaty Yeti. I completely forgot that I had a mulligan in my pocket 
Nice. Well, there's your mental blunder right there. There you go. There's the mental block. Yeah. On the last freaking (laughs) stage, I put in my, uh, I I grabbed something out of my pocket. I was like, oh my God, I completely forgot I had a mulligan. And literally the stage I just came from royally screwed up. And I was like, dang it. I should have called for a mulligan because I knew I could have shot better. It's just, I ended up doing wrong target engagement, ended up dialing wrong dope. Like everything that went wrong on the stage, I did wrong. Um, (laughs) Including not using your mulligan. (laughs) And not using my mulligan. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, Johnny asked you guys if you could get Travis to mention the top five clubs for attendance on the course of fires instead of just the top club. Can you pass that along? That's a good idea. I, th- I think Johnny, I like Johnny runs a match that has really good attendance, and I think he's probably came close a couple times, and <laughs> that'd be cool to hear. That's awesome. I, I know he has come close a few times. I, I of course, get to see the, the stats of all the clubs, and, um, you know, something that I'm changing at my club for this season, and I would encourage the match directors out there, too, is, um, you know, when you're setting your match prices, sometimes, you know, you'll have a set price for your attendee and then you'll have a lower price for young guns or uh, maybe a lower price for uh, somebody that belongs to your range. Well, this season, I'm actually modifying mine to where everybody's at the same rate, unless they're an NRL 22 member, then I'll give those members a, a decreased rate. And that's something that is a good way to, um, you know, promote the benefits of membership to your, to your, uh, um, to your attendees. Um, they're able to, you know, yeah. the rest of your match attendees can see yeah. uh, their classifications against the people they're shooting against. And it just gives them a way to, uh, um, you know, have a bigger benefit on their membership. Yeah. Yep. So where would both you guys like to see the NRL 22 in five years? Uh, let's see, five years, man. Um, it's been since its inception, it has grown drastically every freaking year. Um, my goal every year for the NRL is to be the premier rimfire sport there is period. And that's this year, that's next year. And that's every year past that. I like it. What about you, Levi? I'm just I'm just curious to see how long Dom's beard will be in five years. That's where I'm, that's where I'm at. <laughs> hey, it's it's getting there. Okay, so like personal goals, as far as shooters, what are each of your goals in the sport? I mean, Chris isn't shooting the finale, so you, you could say winning it. Hey, look, <laughs> somebody's got to win it. It might as well be one of us. Yeah. Somebody has to win the match. Yep. Somebody has to lose the match. And then there's going to be a whole bunch of people in between. Um, the highest finish I've gotten at the championship was 10th. And then after arbitration was like 14th. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sucked. And the sad thing is I'm the one that ran, I'm the one that ran arbitration because uh, Tyler Frainer, he's the executive director of match operations. Uh he ended up having COVID that year. So he called me like, I don't know, the day before he's like, Hey bro, uh, I need you to run nationals as the uh, director of match operations. I got COVID. I'm not showing up. I'm like, Oh, great. 
So um, yeah, during arbitration, <laughs> um, four people had, you know, we had to adjust their scores and it ended up bumping me down to 14th. My goal for this year is, um, is a top 10 finish. Nice. I like it. I believe in you personally. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would enjoy a, a top 10 finish as well. Um, I, I personally got into shooting just because I, I enjoyed it. Like I, I used to work every other weekend. So when I wasn't working, I would just shoot whatever match was available. And it was, you know, if it was pistol or if it was PS, PCC, if it was USPSA, IDPA, steel challenge, whatever it was, I was shooting it. And then all of a sudden there was NRL 22 and I'm no longer working on the weekends. So now I shoot it every weekend, basically. And I've never nice. had a goal of going out and I don't want to, I'm, I'm not, my goal isn't to go out and win. I mean, but, but I, my goal is like when I'm shooting a stage, it's like, I want to hit every freaking target I'm shooting at. Like I'm, I'm not trying to go out there and beat Dominic. I'm just trying to hit every target. And if at the end of the day, if I end up, you know, winning the match, I do. And if I don't, you know, I still had to have a lot of fun trying to improve my skills and, and, and be a better marksman. So that's, that's just kind of how I roll. So. Yeah, the way okay. I see it, it's it's not about beating any any person, except when me and Levi are competing against each other. Then it's against <laughs> of, of course, of course. Well, um, well, that's we're shooting with Ruth. Then it's always nice to beat Ruth. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh. Um, and then it's always you know, oh this hurts. It's oh, getting that to be hurts. quite hard though. Um, yeah, yeah, she, she's pretty good. Shooter. It is. Um, <laughs> me, me personally, the what it is, the way I like to use it is that. I'm shooting against myself. I'm shooting against the course of fire. Every drop, every shot that I drop means that I'm going to be lower on that list. So like Levi said, the goal is every single stage is to hit every single target that I'm shooting at. Absolutely. Um, doesn't always happen that way, but yeah, we get, we get pretty close. Cool. Yep. Well, Greg, I think we're down to shout outs. I don't really remember how Jen does this. So we'll just start with Levi because I believe in him to win. <laughs> well, I, I believe Levi's going to win too. <laughs> As an expert. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I, um, I don't have any uh, shout outs for any uh, companies per se, but I do want to shout out, uh, of course, my wife for uh, putting up with, with me spending so much time in, in uh, part, you know, giving back to the sport I love. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to our course of fire advisory team. Um, you know, uh, Paul Dallin, Lynn Bigelow, Ruth Susie, uh, you know, Dominic and myself, um, we put in a lot of hours uh, between the courses of fire and the uh, rules. Um, I also want to give a shout out to a few people that helped with the classification system. Uh, Eric Guile was the original one that uh, out of Minnesota that originally suggested like uh, the methodology of how it could work. Um, uh, um, Justin Carbone helped a lot. Um, Mitch Tromberg out of uh, Minnesota. Uh, some local guys around here, Newt Schneider, uh, uh, Manuel Lopez, um, uh, John Titenberg, a lot of guys went through this when we were, you know, really hashing things out and trying to make it the best, uh, best scenario we could for NRL 22. So I want to thank all those people for all their help and, and support. And um, I really appreciate it. Awesome. Dominic? Um, ditto. 
<laughs> um, nice. Yeah, so, it's kind of hard to top that, Levi. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, think of Levi's wife. Yeah, yeah uh, oh, no, uh, kind of hard to top Levi is what I yeah, heard. Um, no, no. Thank you, Aaron, for uh, letting us borrow Levi. Uh, there has been numerous times where I can hear Aaron in the background saying, "Is that Dominic you're talking to again?" And uh, <laughs> And um, me and Levi throughout the week, I mean, we probably have, what do you say, four or five phone calls a week at least, um, sometimes four or five phone calls a day. Um, shout outs, uh, man, honestly, it's the NRL 22 community um, and the match directors. Without them, there is no way we could be doing what we're doing. Um not just that, but for the 2023 season, I want to thank every single match director uh, that has submitted a course of fire that we ended up using. Um, I think since NRL 22's inception, we've only had one course of fire that was repeated, uh, and that was voted by the NRL 22 members. So what NRL 22 has been around since 20, uh, 2017, so six years of unique courses of fires every single month. Uh, speaks volumes with our community. Um, my biggest uh, my biggest shout out is to my wife as well. Uh, she knows that if I'm not doing anything at home, it's typically dealing something with NRL 22. And I know a lot of time it annoys the hell out of her. Um, but she knows that this sport keeps me sane. Um, so yeah, definitely big shout out to her. Um, shout out to uh, Manners, DI Precision and Krieger for um, hooking me up with what they do. And um, that's pretty much it. Nice. Greg? Well, I wanted to thank you guys and everybody working to make the NRL 22 what it is. Um, it's so much fun. I enjoy it. All my shooters enjoy it. So thanks to you guys. Um, GSL Suppressors for making my NRL 22 matches so nice and quiet for me. Um, shooters and Sharpshooters of Augusta, PDC Custom, beautiful lime green rifle chassis over there uh shooters world powder hunters hd gold for my blind self um i can actually see targets with those and then uh fix it sticks and Bortech because i normally it's nice to have like nice portable things because i don't do the gun maintenance at home i do it halfway through the match when the stuff stops working so nice. <laughs> there you great there you go you're the reason we have a maintenance station right <laughs> So uh, I've just got to, obviously, you guys for coming on and spending as much time as you do growing the sport. Um, it's really awesome. And then I've got a silly one. I was a little bit late to the pre-show. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to my taxidermist, Mr. Uh, Zumwalt, Brazos Valley Taxidermy, my Snow Goose, and the federal premium uh, that helped take him down. <laughs> I think with that, the silliness ends. <laughs> We'll see you guys next time.